The enemy is dancing with it, consuming it. They're having a party. But we're here to serve notice today that the party is over. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise ye the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to conclude this series entitled Pursue, Overtake, and Recover All. This would be part five in the series. And today's subtitle is The Party is Over. And my friends, let me tell you, that's a good thing. The devil's party is over, but your party is just about to begin. The stage is set and you will recover all. That's the exciting thing. Jesus has given you the ability to win your family back. Isn't that awesome? I'm telling you. So I can't wait for you to hear the entire message. And remember, if you've missed any parts, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org and just click on the link entitled Media Resources. And there on that page, you will find the title Pursue, Overtake and Recover All. Click that link and you'll have access to all the messages free of charge. Well, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled The Party's Over right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. 1 Samuel, the 30 chapter, 1 Samuel 30. Uh, we're going to get right back there uh, today in the rich word of God. And we're just going to have a good time as we conclude this series entitled Pursue, Overtake, and Recover All. Pursue, Overtake, Recover All. So this would be part number five in the series. And I believe we're going to stop it here. And we're going to subtitle this today, The Party's Over. There's a party going on. Now it's about to be over and something great is about to begin to happen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this day and for the rich things that you have done in all of our lives. Thank you for your awesome presence as we gather in this place in humble submission and adoration to you. Great Holy Spirit, we pray that you would have your way. We pray that you would teach us, that you would lead us, that you would guide us in all truth, that you would show us things to come. And Lord, we pray that you refocus us into what you've called us to do. And Lord, that all the other stuff would just simply fall by the side. Feed us today. We acknowledge your presence and we welcome you. We acknowledge also our dependence upon you. We acknowledge you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, 1 Samuel 30 uh, chapter, uh, we've been here for quite a while, so I won't do a lot of recapping, uh, but I will just read the first uh, few verses here. And it says here, <clears throat> verse number one, and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, uh, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives uh, that were therein, uh, they slew not any, they slew not any, uh, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. All right, that's the start there. David comes home, as you know. They find everything taken. The town is burned with fire and their families have been kidnapped. They're now in the possession of the enemy. We would say today they're now in possession of the wicked one, of the devil. He's taken possession of the family. 
Well, what happens next? Uh, they cry, of course. They know, you know, they cry until they have no more power to weep. Then David encourages himself. And then he leads the men on and they come to the river Bezor, or rather to the brook Bezor, Bezor, which means cheerful, right? And they cross over, but 200 stay back. And how many go over? 400 go over. David had 600 men, 200 stay back, 400 go over. And as they're going, now keep in mind, David does not know exactly where he's going. He does not know where his family is. None of them do, but I'm sure they have some tracking skills that led them to the river, uh, the brook Bezor. But once they crossed over, they didn't know where they were going. They didn't know where their family was. So I think maybe one of the scouting parties must have gone out and some men find, found the Egyptian man there uh, laying in the field half dead. He hadn't eaten, eaten, a drink and eaten or had anything to drink for three days. And they bring him into David and David questions him. And eventually David says uh, to him, will you lead me? He, they, eventually they find out that he was one of the party uh, that was responsible uh, for taking their families away and burning Ziglag. And David asked him the question, uh, can you take me to where they are? All right, we stopped there last time. We're going to go right back there today and really start here at verse number 15. Are you with me? Amen. All right. So verse 15 says this, and David said to him, canest thou bring, now there are some key words I want you to see here because we're going to just move on today. Amen. Amen. Uh, and David said to him, can thou, canest thou bring me down to this company? Can you take me to where my family is? Notice how he uses the word me. Now, there are 400 other men who have invested in this. 400 other men who uh, their daughters, their sons, their wives have been taken as well. Their stuff has been taken. But David uses the word me. Can you take me down here? Which, again, tells you about his commitment to saving his family. Can you take me? to where they are. And he also knows of the promise of God, the promise that God has given him. He says, without fail, you're going to overtake them. And you're going to recover everything. So David has the word and that word. I believe in his mind and uh, his heart is more powerful than the 400 men that are with him. Amen. Now understand they're going after an enemy. The Amalekites, uh, they, they number in the thousands. The number in the thousands and David is one person. He had 600, 200 fell off. So now he's with 400. David and 400 men are about to encounter an enemy army in the thousands. Incredible odds. Okay. In the thousands. All right. So he asks him, can you bring me down? I'm responsible for my family. My family is in trouble. And I'm going after my family. You guys can come along too. But David is the one who knows that he is responsible. And so he's going in and he's armed with the word of God. He's armed with the word. Amen. And so he says to him, he asks him, can you bring me down to this company? And uh, now here again, David also um, uh, typifies the Christ here, right? He is a symbol or a type of Christ in the Old Testament. We've gone over that. But notice something. Now, you've already you've already read this. So I'm going to bring one thing, one prophetic picture out of this before we go on. As we know that David is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. David is about to go down and rescue uh, his family. He's about to go down and rescue the captives. I wonder, does that sound familiar to anybody? 
As you look at Christ, Christ first descended into lower parts of earth and he led captivity captive. He released the captives that were held captive there in, in hell and he ascended leading captivity captive. Also another wonderful prophetic picture of Christ in this text, how David as a type of Christ going down, doing battle, doing warfare with the enemy and securing his family and returning, which is exactly what Jesus did for us. So this is a wonderful prophetic picture that I need you to see here. And so he says, he asked him, can you bring me down to this company? And he said, swear to me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master. And I will bring thee down. I will bring you down to this company. So uh, verse 16 says, and, and when he had brought him down. So obviously David had to agree. Yes, I swear that I won't kill you. Yes, I swear that I won't take you back to your master. I promise to God, I make an oath to God that I will not do this. You are safe. You are safe from judgment. And so we get into verse number 16. I really want you to see this as well. It says, and when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil they uh, that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. So this is the picture that David encounters, David and his 400 men uh, as this Egyptian uh, servant or Egyptian slave tells him, hey, there they are. And upon that scene, David and his men look down. I'm sure it says down. So I'm taking the word as the word as they they're possibly down in some type of valley. And David is able to look and the people are this enemy army, uh, which we also really can see a prophetic picture of hell. But we may get into that some other time. They see the army down there eating and drinking and dancing. In other words, they're having a feast. Feast. They are feasts. Now, the food that they are eating and the things that they're, this is a great celebration. They are celebrating uh, the fact that they have taken the plunder from all these lands. They are eating food that they have captured. Possibly none of this or very few of this um, actually belongs to them. It is someone else's. They're rejoicing with someone else's food. They're, they're eating your hot dogs. They're drinking your Kool-Aid. They're watching your TV. They're sitting in your house, so to speak. They are rejoicing, eating and drinking. They are feasting. And the Bible also says um, that they are dancing. Now, eating, if eating and drinking was not bad enough or they are consuming your stuff, but they are dancing. Now, I want you to know something about the dancing, because dancing is a way of expressing uh, carelessness or freedom and victory. When you dance, I wonder when was the last time that you actually danced? Mm -hmm. uh, it's a way of trying to make visible, trying to make visible or tangible how you feel on the inside. Dancing. It's a it's a powerful expression uh, that was used to uh, celebrate uh, victories and battles uh, uh, or powerful expression used to celebrate um, the victory and how someone was brave in battle. It was also used in some forms of dance. What they would do, they would they would go back to the campfire and they would 
illustrate to each other how they defeated their enemy. So if they had their sword, their sword would be down. Maybe they say, I had the man on the ground and I did him like this and I did him like that. And then I kicked him and I kicked him and I did him like this, did him like this and I kicked him kicked him. Then they say, hey, let's all do that. I did him like that. Dig him like that and kick him. Kick him. Then after a while around the campfire, you know, and kick him. Kick him. Kick him. Dance. And I stumped him like this and I stumped him like that and I stumped him like this and I stumped him like that and I kicked him and I ran him through. Ran him through. Ran him through. Dance, a way of expressing what they've just done. Great acts of victory, great acts of, of heroism and, and, and bravery. This is what happened. It's a way of expressing what was done. And dancing also is a way to release an overwhelming sense of joy. It's a release. You feel so happy. You just, just want to dance. I just, just want to dance, just want to sing. It's just, you feel something that is so great, so overwhelming. You just got to yell. You got to scream. You, you got to dance. You got to dance. And I wonder why you don't see many people dancing in church anymore. I wonder why we don't dance a lot in our homes Maybe because we really don't believe that we got the victory. Maybe it's because we have lost our joy. Maybe it's because we have nothing to shout about, to dance about. Remember, this dancing is after a victory has been won, after a battle has been won. So you'll either dance after you got the victory, or you maybe you'll celebrate in faith that you've already won it. Does that make sense to you? Or dancing in advance. But let me tell you something. If you don't dance, your enemy will. Your enemy's dancing with your stuff. Thinking that he has it all tied up, all sold up. Victory is won. He's dancing. He's dancing. Now let me show you something in verse 17, how you can take it back to the enemy. Are you hearing? Here again, we're speaking from the subject or from the subtitle of the party is over. So they come to this scene and they see the people eating and drinking and dancing, which means they are securing their victory. In their minds, the job is done. We've got the stuff. We've taken the stuff. We've burned cities. We, we have their, their wives, their children. We have their sons and their daughters, their stuff. We have it. And now is the time of rejoicing, rejoicing, rejoicing. Meanwhile, here, we are without our wives, without our children. You may be a lady without your husband. Something has been taken. They may still be sitting there, but something has been lost. The enemy is dancing with it, consuming it. They're having a party. But we're here to serve notice today that the party is over. Amen, amen, amen. Because this whole thing up to this point is the, has been the recovery of the family. 
It's time for me to recover my family, recover my family. This whole thing up to this point has been pursuing. They have pursued and now they have overtaken. They found, they have found them there. And now it's time to recover all. And so now we must proclaim devil. The party is over. We are here. And now here's David with his 400 men had 600 200 stayed behind. Now 400 men, David and 400 men are about to fight thousands of Amalekites. It says they were spread about over the, all, over all the earth or at least all that region. They were everywhere spread about eating. Some were getting drunk over here and, and they were feasting over there. They were celebrating great. They're celebrating with the jewels and the diamonds and, and their, their, their wives and the uh, David's wives, I'm sure, may have been in some type of caging system or the sons and daughters chained up over there. For us today, it may not be your families in an actual physical cage. But the cage could also mean a separation. You're together, but you're separated. There may not be actual physical chains uh, on the children, but something could be binding them, preventing them from moving forward, preventing them. Something has stolen their freedom. Whether it's drugs or whether it's alcohol or, or some type of perversion, the enemy now has the family on lockdown and they are rejoicing over it. But you have to serve notice. The party is over. And so upon this site, once again, David and the 400 men, they see it upon the site. And now they're going down. Verse number 17 says, and David smote them from the twilight, even unto the evening of the next day. And, And there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men, which rode upon Camels and fled. Stop there for a second. The Bible says again, it says, and David smote them. It does not say, and they smote them. Although we know that others were with David. It says, and David smote them. Now the word smote here, this is really powerful. The word smote means to strike. It means to hit. It means to beat, to slay, to kill. But it also means, grab a hold of this, it also means to clap. It also means to applaud. Right? Smote also means to, that does mean to slay, to kill, but it also means to clap. It means to applaud. Now understand something. When you clap your hands, clap your hands one time for me. When you clap your hands, when you clap, you're striking one hand against the other. You're striking. David struck them. And it says it also means the word also means applause, which means to strike repeatedly, repeatedly, strike repeatedly. And usually when we applaud in a church service or or a concert or somewhere, when you applaud, you keep doing, you keep striking your hands together until you are satisfied. Right? If it was really good, you clap. And even you, if it's really good, you strike your hands together harder. 
And the harder you strike them, the louder the sound. The harder you strike, the louder the sound. Strike, 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 strike. And you keep on striking your hands together until you are satisfied. Oh, that was good. Oh, that was so good. Oh, that was so good. You strike, 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 strike. And that's what David did. He struck and struck and struck and struck. And the Bible says that that he this fighting began in the twilight. That is the evening time. So possibly around uh, six or seven o'clock. That's when he started. He came down to the men and he starts swinging his sword. That's six o'clock in the evening, seven o'clock in the evening, swinging his sword. Twelve o'clock that night, swinging the sword. Three o'clock the next morning, swinging the sword. Six o'clock that next morning, swinging the sword. Nine o'clock that next morning, swinging the sword. Twelve o'clock that next afternoon, swinging the sword. Three o'clock that afternoon, swinging the sword. Almost a 24-hour period. Striking one after the other, striking, 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 striking until none escaped except for 400 men that fled on camels. Now, you got to see the prophetic picture here. How many men did David take into battle? 400. And how many fled? 400. I wonder if David's four, if David and the 400 were able to, were able to smite thousands. You wonder if the other 200 that stayed back could have prevented those 400 from going away? It could have gotten them all that day. But understand something, what's happening? While David is striking for just about a 24-hour period, he's slinging the sword. He's striking one after the other, one after the other. These 400 men plus the one David striking thousands and upon thousands, blood is splattering all over the place. But understand something, their families are still there. Their families are still captive. They don't go free until the battle is won. So what's happening here, their families, their wives, their sons and daughters are seeing daddy defending them. They're seeing daddy struggling for them. They're seeing daddy giving his life for them. Daddy's swinging the sword. Stay behind me. Stay behind me. Maybe all the men, 400 men, uh, created some sort of ring. Get the family inside the circle. And we're fighting him. And fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting until the only ones that survive of the enemy army are getting on camels and they're going they're going another way. And so they look around the next morning. They have to understand that they've just been granted a supernatural victory. You swinging your sword for almost 24 hours straight defending the family and they would strike and strike and strike until they had complete victory even in praise and worship understand something now let's go let's go more prophetic right now even in praise and worship as you strike your hands together as you strike your hands together you're creating an atmosphere of praise as you dance before the lord you're creating an atmosphere of praise You're creating an atmosphere and God inhabits the praises 
of his people. So when you create an atmosphere of praise, when you create an atmosphere of worship at home, an atmosphere of praise, you are striking the enemy. You are striking him because he cannot he cannot abide in the same place where God's praises ring forth. The only thing he wants to do is pull you into his reality of doom and gloom. And I guarantee you, you won't dance there. You won't clap there. You won't rejoice there. Even though you have the power of God, you have the word of God, you have victory, assured victory. But we won't dance. We won't sing. We won't clap. Because he has us, we have bought into his lies, but we have everything we need to take him out with just a flick of the wrist, a flick of a finger. It's time to sing and dance. It's time to rejoice in God. It's time to put on your favorite praise music all by yourself. I know you dance goofy, but go ahead. And just, <laughs> just worship the Lord. <laughs> Nobody has to know it. You just worship God. Remember, dance is a part of it. It's, a, it's an expression of your gratefulness. And, 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 you know, praise. You may look insane to other people, but close the blinds. <laughs> and you sing before the Lord. And you dance before the Lord. And you clap before the Lord. You're creating an atmosphere of praise. An atmosphere of worship. And the enemy cannot abide in that atmosphere. It confuses him. It causes him to flee. Are you hearing? Change the atmosphere. Change the atmosphere. Here's another point in the recovery of the family. Change the atmosphere. You change the atmosphere, you'll win the battle. Hallelujah. Let me say it again. If you don't dance, your enemy is surely dancing. Eating your food, drinking your Kool-Aid, watching your TV. Turn to name, tell them you got to dance again. You got to dance again. Ask them, when was the last time you actually danced? It's been a while. It's been a while. When was the last time we were overtaken with so much joy that we had a spontaneous, <laughs> spontaneous. <laughs> a spontaneous laughter. <laughs> a spontaneous laughter. A spontaneous and you clap. You clap not because something was good, but because you just <laughs> praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Are you hearing? Amen. If you aren't doing it, I'm telling you, your enemy is. So there has to be a shifting in order for us to uh, recover all. Are you hearing? Amen. So verse 17 again, it says, And David smote them from the, twi- from the twilight even unto uh, the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of, not a man of them, save 400 young men which rolled upon camels and fled. Verse 18, and David recovered all. Notice how it says David recovered all again. And David recovered uh, all. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. 
and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small or great, neither sons or daughters, neither spoil or anything that they had taken to them. That taken to them. Uh, David recovered all, just like the Lord said he would. Now notice something, even the smallest thing he recovered. Even the most insignificant thing he recovered. As we're talking about the family, recovering our families, even the smallest thing can be recovered. Even the smallest part of a relationship, even the smallest bit, that is not even one drop of your Kool-Aid going to fall. Good to the last drop. Whatever you had, God has the ability to allow you, give you the strength to recover it all. So this was a supernatural battle. David in himself could not do it, but he believed God's word enough to pursue these thousands in pursuit of these thousands, knowing that he was outnumbered big time, but he pursued because he had a word. And all along he was saying, take me. Can you take me to where my family is? I'll go and face thousands to recover my family. I've got a word from the Lord. Are you hearing? Look at verse 20. And David took all the flocks and herds which were uh, draped before those other cattle and said, this is David's spoil. This your spoil, David. This is yours. Are you hearing? Now they had some too. But here again, David was one because of because of David hearing from God. They were able to go out against his army because of David's relationship with God. They were able to go and and get this army. Look at verse 21. And David came. All right, here we go now. And David came to the 200 men, which were uh, so faint. This is verse 21, which were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide at the brook Bezor. And they went forth to meet David and to meet the people that were with him. Who are the people that went with him? Yeah, 400 and also the families. The families. So they went out to meet them. Uh, The people, okay, and it says, and when David came near to the people, he saluted them. Hey, y'all, good to see you. Good to see you. Great, it's good to see you. But verse 22, let's start here again uh, as we continue and as we're about to close at this just a few moments. It says, then answered all the wicked men and the men of Malal, of those that uh, went with David and said, Hold on for a second. Then answered all the what? All the wicked men. Say wicked men. Wicked then answered all the what? Wicked men. Now David is saluting the people. These 200 that were there that were so faint they couldn't cross over. They're waiting. They saw their wives. They saw their daughters coming back. Praise the Lord. They were so faint they couldn't go, but they see them. They see uh, uh, Luli Mae coming and, and little Johnny. Oh, hey. David salutes him. Hey, we got your family. We got your family. We got your family. But then speaks up a group of people that were fighting with David in the valley. That were fighting on David's team fighting by his side. It says, then answered all the wicked men 
and the men of Bilal. Now, the word Bilal here means worthless. It means worthless. It means good for nothing. It means unprofitable, base fellow, wicked. So here's someone that is wicked, that is useless, that is good for nothing. Good for nothing. And he fought for your family. God used somebody that was good for nothing. That was worthless to secure your family for you. God used the wicked man to secure your family for you. God can use anybody. God can use anybody. He can use the wicked to secure a good future. Because the Bible says as well that wealth of the sinner, wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. He's just piling it up for us. Are you hearing? Let's look a bit further. Then answered all the wicked men and men of Bilal, uh, of those that that went with David and said, because they they went not with us, we will not give them out of the spoil that we have recovered. I want you to notice these words. We have recovered. Because they didn't fight with us in the valley. They didn't sling their swords almost 24 hour period because they didn't do it. They're not getting anything. This is what the wicked men are saying. He said uh, that we have recovered. Save to every man his wife and his children that they may lead them away and depart. Y'all, okay, you're not getting any of the spoils. You're not getting in the silver and the gold. You're not getting any of that stuff. Just take your wife and your kids and get out of here. <laughs> That's exactly what they are saying. These are the wicked men. Are you hearing me? Hearing with David. With God's anointed one. The wicked with God's anointed one. Are you hearing? Then David said, you shall not do so, my brethren. I love the way he politely says brethren there. My brethren, you shall not do so, my brethren, with that which the Lord hath given us. They said, we won this battle. David said, no, no, no. God won this battle. It wasn't by your strength. It wasn't by your might. God won this battle for us. He said uh, that uh, that which the Lord hath given us who hath preserved us. The word preserve here means to protect or to save a life. God protected us. 400 of us went in and 400 of us came out against thousands. We didn't lose anybody. God protected us down there. He said who hath preserved us and delivered delivered this cup into our hands. The word deliver means to give or to give over, to deliver up. God delivered them up to us. God made it easy for us to swing and and not miss but to swing and hit every single time. The Lord did that for us. Now here's the wickedness of this thing. Here's the wickedness. These men have all now prospered. They all have the spoils of war now. But they're saying it was by their power and their might that has given them the ability to get this wealth. He said, they said, we did this. But David had to assure them, no, it wasn't you. It was the Lord that delivered us. It was the Lord that protected us. It was because of him that we have this increase. 
not by your might, nor by the strength of your hand. It was God. And see, that's a wicked attitude even up to day. You think that you go to work, it's by your strength that you get the check? You think it's by your strength uh, that you can deal with the supervisor and get this and that and the other? No. You think it was by your good looks that you got the contract or that you got the promotion? No. God was there enabling you to do it all. And so they say, we did it and we get now to say what happens to it. David said, no, 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 brothers. God allowed us to have this victory here. He allowed us to have it. As we close here at the very end of this, we see when David gets home, he shuts them down. And then he does the very last part here. He makes an investment with the things that he has received. Invest. Look at the very last verse. So David begins to give the spoil out to different places. He begins to share with Judah and other places and other cities. Verse 31 really wraps it up here. And he says, and to them which were in, in Hebron and to all the places where David himself and his men were wont to hunt. In other words, every place David sent out a portion of the spoils that they have recovered, he sent it out ahead of him into every place where he would one day visit or revisit again. He made investments in his future. He made investments. I'm going over to Judah, so hey, send 5000 send $10,000 over to Judah. I'm going over to Hebron, uh, so send $20,000 over there. Every place where he and his men were going to go again, every place that they would travel He sent money. He sent things, silver and gold ahead of them so that when they got over to that place, they would be well received. So he was wise with what he received. He didn't just heap it up to himself. He used wisdom. He invested in his future. He invested in the lives of others. Every place where he and his men. So because of the kindness of David, his men were able to go to all these other places and be well received. He made a way. Are you hearing? But it's time for us to declare simply, party's over. I'm coming for the family. I'm coming for my family. The party's over. The devil's danced with your stuff too long. It's time for us to dance now. It's time for us to rejoice now. No longer should we be in our pity parties, in our pity places. We need to change the atmosphere. I guarantee you, if you dance, the devil will take notice and he will cease to dance. If you clap, if you rejoice in God, if you create an atmosphere of praise and worship around you, I guarantee you, he will take notice and cease what he is doing. Are you hearing? Well, well, that's it, my friends, for this recorded message. Thank you so much for hearing this audio CD. Now, here's the next step. Take the CD out and share it with a friend. And don't forget, there is a QR code that is quick response code on the front of the CD. Well, you just take your smartphone out and you scan that code. And guess what? You'll install the Kingdom Rock app right on your mobile device. 
And in the Kingdom Rock app, uh, it's available, of course, in the Android market and iPhone. And you can have the web app if you have another type of phone. Well, once you scan that code, you'll have access into our entire archive of messages. There are probably hundreds or thousands of messages there that you can hear. And they're made new and fresh, uploaded fresh every single week to the glory of the Lord. So I want you to take advantage of that. It's going to be a blessing to you. All right. Well, before we go, I want to just say a word of prayer over your life. And I pray that God will richly bless you. Would you take a moment and pray with me? Oh, wonderful. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Father, I thank you for my friend that is right now listening to this audio CD. I ask you to bless them and cause your light to shine upon them and cause them to see better days, cause them to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. And Father, I pray that the power of darkness would be broken off of their lives and that they would see Jesus plainly, brightly, and victoriously in their own lives. Bless my friend today, I ask, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. And my friend, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you know, here's a good time to do it. So just continue to play the CD, and I'm going to lead you in the prayer of salvation. And of course, there is no magical words, no magical words that will get you into the kingdom of God. But this short prayer of salvation can start you on the way. Then after we're finished praying, do me a favor. Look for a good local church, a good Bible-believing local church that will help you in your spiritual growth and development. Get baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. And I pray that you will be filled with God's precious spirit. And remember, if you're ever in the Bremen area, you're welcome, more than welcome, to stop by and worship with us. Every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., just check our website for more details at www.kingdomrock.org. All right, are you ready to pray? Let's pray. I'll pray for you and then you just repeat after me, okay? Father, your word declares that those who come to you, you will in no wise cast out. So Lord, I'm bringing my friend to you right now, regardless of where they've been, regardless of what they have done. I know that the blood of Jesus was shed on their behalf and you want to forgive them. You're waiting to do it. And I ask you that you would hear us as we pray. All right, my friend. All right, come on, let's pray together. And just say with me, Father, I admit that I have sinned. I have done wrong. I have fallen short of your plans for my life. But I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is a savior of the world. And I may not know how everything works, but I do believe. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart and to fill me and to make me yours. And I will serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. I need you and I thank you for washing my sins away and making me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my friends, I believe that that is the start of a wonderful relationship between you and God the Father. Continue in his rich word and join us next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio. We love you now. God bless you.